Welcome to Belkin's Growth Podcast, Season 2, Episode 8, hosted by Michael Maximoff, co-founder and managing partner at Belkin's and Folderly. Michael's guest today is John D'Ambra, Vice President Strategic Partnerships at Talk.to. John is one of Australia's most awarded and respected direct sales experts and rapid customer acquisition specialists. He has directly trained, developed, and managed high-performing sales teams for clients including Citibank, American Express, GE, Standard Charter Bank, and others. In this episode, John talks about his experience building Talk.to and servicing over 400 million users every single day. He and Michael discuss Talk's approach to acquiring leads, servicing clients, building tech, and hiring people. Don't forget to subscribe for more episodes on Spotify or watch a video version of the episode on our YouTube channel. Over the years that you've been doing uh, digital marketing uh, as a part of DMC, um, digital uh, or kind of shopping habits for clients has changed drastically. So now we are living in a totally different world with totally different reality. So can you speak to that? What has changed for you where you see that there are dramatical changes to be uh, at uh, that uh, uh, talk uh, actually addressing right now that you were not able to address with the agency that you've been running? Yeah, so the marketing agency here in Australia, it was, uh, you know, one-to-one selling. And when I started, I was 21, and I think uh, a lot of what was acceptable back then and and quite interesting, people were inquisitive about the way that one was approached in a shopping centre environment or in their business or even at their home uh, was welcomed, you know, and uh, and that was great, and we had our... I think they call them the wonder years, Michael, uh, back back at the beginning. But I uh, I noticed over the last four, five, six years um, into the you know 2015, right up until uh, when I wrapped it up 2018, uh, that the acceptance of people being in a place of place you call your home or a place of business, and I'm obviously only talking Australia uh, and what I did here in in uh, yeah, Australia, uh, it wasn't as accepted. And we got a lot of pushback and a lot of people that just weren't interested to listen. And a lot of people that just weren't interested to buy in this way, because what essentially we were doing is we were, we call it, and the word is badgering. We were, I guess, trying to get a customer's, uh, it, uh, attention when they weren't prepared to give the attention at that place in time. Right. And so what I've noticed very much so over the last uh, few years, and in particular with what I'm doing uh, now with talk to is that if you're where the customers need to be, rather than necessarily telling the customers where they need to be, uh, already there's an open uh, line of communication there and people are much more responsive to that back and forth conversation. So with everything going digital, uh, as I'm sure all of your uh, your listeners and your audience would agree, uh, and a lot of businesses going online uh, because they need to and with what we've experienced over the last few months in particular uh, around the globe, a lot of businesses had to push online, got to get out of their comfort zone. Uh, we've been able to be there with a tool that allows businesses to communicate when customers need them. So as the customer is browsing, uh, and they they come up with an issue, uh, mm-hmm. they can reach out with uh, out to somebody online, and within seconds, mm-hmm. uh, the other person, the business owner or 
staff can respond and be there to assist in that journey. Got it. Okay. That's what people want. That's what right. people want, Michael. Right. Yeah, I, I noticed that obviously, um, you know, a, a lot of companies, even like 10 years ago, five years ago, still have been investing heavily into, you know, cold outreach, uh, call senders, right, cold emailing, um, you know, like door-to-door sale, right? But um, right. Now, nowadays, um, it's a digital-driven and uh, sort of like data-driven decision-making. So uh, whenever you make a purchase or looking for a vendor, you check out the testimonials, right? You check out uh, what's going on with that brand, who are the people that founded the company. You do check all the digital footprints and only afterwards, you wanted to get in touch, but you wanted to get in touch fast, right? We've used to 24 hours delivery. We used to getting emails um, kind of responded fast. So whenever you want to chat with someone, it's a rule of thumb nowadays that you wanted to get in touch with a person within five minutes, 10 minutes, because if you have a chat on the website, you expect them to respond, right? Um, and that kind of flawless communication is very important for, you know, for business. Um, again, I'm talking here about more like from the B2B standpoint. However, um, you guys are, are servicing like million of customers, um, although a lot of them are uh, direct to consumer brands, right? Or like B2C companies, correct? No, not necessarily. I mean, there's there's quite a big portfolio with what we deal with, which is B2B. Mm-hmm. And again, uh, a, a a business speaking to a to a business uh, needs to be there and and available to communicate. Mm-hmm. They just may not necessarily need the extensive uh, hours that is required when you're dealing with B two C. And you said it perfectly, Michael. And it's the fast food economy, and people expect things here and now. And when I'm on online at 11 p.m. I want to see that that website has someone that can respond. Uh, not so necessary in the B2B world. They might have the traditional business hours, but they're still expecting that, that people will respond. So a lot of our B2B customers uh, still have this tool there and available yeah. to be able to open the lines of communication because uh, email is email is sluggish, email is slow, and uh, there's people that are better at it than others, mm-hmm. but it's – 24-hour turnaround, not 2.4 minutes turnaround. And that's, I think, where the expectation is that people respond within minutes, not within hours anymore. Yeah, yeah. And you can go global, right? So right now, uh, because uh, you are in tech, you are in digital, you don't have geographical constraints, right? So you guys are currently selling internationally. So you're not just in Australia, basically, right? Absolutely. I mean, the company Talk2 is registered uh, in the US, in Nevada. I happen to be in Australia, uh, as do a, a handful of the management team and the CEO himself, who's um, you know a very good friend of mine. We grew up together, uh, but this company is global, um, and it's a tool that we we we've really pushed into the market as a completely free tool, uh, fully featured, uh, so that business owners can have a way to communicate. The philosophy here, Michael, is quite a unique one. Uh, we believe that businesses shouldn't have to pay to speak to their own customers, first and foremost. Right. And and then secondly, to second to that, we've created the tool because we believe in equality. You know, business owners anywhere in any country, irrespective of economic uh, factors, mm-hmm. uh, should be able to have the freedom to be able to communicate with their customers as well. So we've created that tool uh, that is free forever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's an easy download whack it on a website and and you're away 
in communicating with customers within minutes. Uh, what are the roles that are using using the tool? Are there uh, marketing people, salespeople, or customer success people that are in, already work with signups and customers that are currently on the platform? What are the typical sort of like user for the platform at this point? And uh, again, I'll, I'll kind of lead with this question. Uh, furthermore, just wanted to kind of frame it a bit for everyone who's listening to this. We've seen a, a huge uptake. I mean, anyone that wants to communicate with their customers will essentially be there. It's a really interesting question because if you're a solopreneur and a small business owner, uh, you'll be there in the trenches answering right. the, the, the questions yourself initially. Uh, but we've also seen large businesses who have uh, CEO and founders jump into the trenches and answer questions on chat because it's there that they best understand what their customers really expect and what their customers really want. And they might then hand it over to a sales team or a customer service team, depending on what their uh, their industry is. I mean, a lot of businesses will use this for sales, customer service, lead generation, and other businesses will use it as you know tech support and uh, opportunities to be able to greet existing customers. So, uh, you, so would say that it's kind of, you would say that it's 50-50, right? Because I'm kind of, when I when I talk business, I was like, okay, so there are like two channels. Either I'm focusing on bringing new revenue and doing lead generation, or I'm interested in retaining my existing customer and making sure that my retention channel is high, right? So you would say that cast uh, platform is used by like 50% of those that want to do lead generation and new revenue, and then 50% uh, sort of like, um, for those for those folks that wanted um, wanted to re- retain their existing customer, that is correct, right? In a way, yeah. And you know what's interesting, Michael? Some businesses use it for both. Some people use it right. to maintain existing customers and are able to filter in which customer is which. And if you're a new customer, you you you're brought through one channel and and siloed off to a department. And if you're an an existing customer, again, uh, a different department, perhaps you're dealt in a different way. And and, and that's the way that the tool will be able to work for those type of businesses. Got it, yeah. Um, So the way that the platform is being used uh, and the the way you guys, so again, um, so there are two things here. So first thing, um, you being vice president of strategic partnerships, um, how many people you have in your team uh, and do you guys have any KPI in terms of acquiring new clients, uh, converting more of the inbound leads into signups or, um, and by the way, uh, kind of to step back here, you mentioned that the platform is free. So how do you guys make money? So which one do you want me to answer first? So you let's let's start with let's let's start with the most interesting one. What's the business model there, and how do you make money? So you have like a, a premium, so you have a free free. Uh, f- no, okay. So just talk to talk to me about that because it's very interesting. Yeah, and, yeah, absolutely, and 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 confusing to many uh, because we're bootstrapped uh, and will remain that way. It's 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 philosophy to really do things internally and have control. Uh, that's very important for the business at this stage of where we're at in growth. Uh, I, we look at the, the model and we say, uh, for us, giving away a tool that is incredibly functional and allows businesses to be able to do everything that they need to is absolutely key in order to create an audience. And right. so, uh, Michael, I know that we didn't even uh, run through these numbers before we got on the call, but, but we now sit as the most widely used chat application on the planet. Uh, about 4,000 plus signups per day to the widget 
uh, as it stands right here and now, and uh, tipping on about 4.3, 4.4 million users on the platform currently. And that is fully featured, free forever, no catch. So the question that everyone does ask is, how do you monetize? Uh, and the answer is very simple. We, we understand that there comes a time and a junction uh, where businesses see value in what we call our add-ons. They're not a necessary add-on, so it doesn't affect the way necessarily that the tool runs, but they may offer businesses who believe that some of these add-ons are important an opportunity to be able to take them off. One of those add-ons are to remove the branding at the bottom of the widget that says powered by talk to. So if you want to do that, there's a fee to do that. Right. Uh, another another one is a video voice similar to what you and I are on at the moment, but it launches from the chat app. So if you're chatting with a customer and you want to switch to video or to mm -hmm. screen share, uh, you can do that directly from the widget and that's a paid add-on. And then so they're product related and they're no. the only two we have at this stage. And then the service related ones are really interesting because we know that business owners get very busy uh, from time to time. And when you're getting customers on your site at all different times of the day, you can't drop everything and just focus. Yeah. But we provide something called a hired agent service where we can have a team of agents online and available to answer chats 24 seven, 365 days of the year for $1 per hour. Nice. Um, really sweet. So there are businesses that, sorry, Michael, there are businesses that might take that on after hours and there are businesses that might take that on 24-7 to be there and available. And then they focus their own staff into other areas that they're skilled at and we can take over chat as an example. Perfect. So having 4,000 new signups every day, uh, that puts a sort of like pressure on the team, right? So most of those, um, so, um, do you have any metrics in terms of the growth that your team should um, follow or it's more like an organic growth? So you're kind of focusing on building great features and great product and maintaining your customers, but they're not necessarily a certain um, rate that you wanted to grow. And that's why your team has like, you know, you have 4,000 4, sign up a day. Then you say, okay, can, can we push for 4,100 or 4,200 or how many of we convert? So how does that work for, for your team at this point? Yeah, great question, Michael. You know, what's um, interesting is that last sentence that you said, organic growth and the opportunity to allow people to come in um, when they see value in the product on somebody else's website is essentially where we're at. Uh, we don't advertise, Michael, as strange as that might sound to a lot of your listeners. You won't see an, an ad out there in the marketplace. You won't even see a blog post um, or, or a lot of content being posted. What you will see is um, millions and millions of of customers uh, using the widget and millions of conversations. I mean, I should say billions of conversations, 1.6 billion conversations per month go through the widget. Oh. Yeah, that's one in that's three human beings on the earth, right? Yeah, and so that's amazing. That's where the exposure lies and that's why the organic growth, where the organic growth essentially comes from. And so we, we let that happen and we don't even advertise our add-ons. Mm -hmm. uh, they're in the dashboard. Uh, and people will see it. And if they have questions, they can then either come in for a free trial of the hired agent service or reach out and make uh, a payment for very simple product related ones like the add-ons that I talked to about the white label and the video voice. 
Got it. So 1.6 billion conversations. Uh, do you have a data science team or how do you analyze that? Do you have, uh, are you trying to process that for some best practices or whatever? Is there any way you work with that data at this point or you're not at that stage yet that you wanted to dig into that data? Because, you know, data is the new uh, gold, right? So uh, that's why, you know, YouTube, Amazon, Google are, you know, are so on top of the game, right? Because they have access to data and you having access to 1.6 billion conversations. That's, you know, that's huge, right? So it how, what, what do you do with this data? Or it's sort of like at this point, it's more like just there. Uh, nothing it's, happens. With it's it. numbers. It, it, uh -huh. It's numbers. It's exciting numbers because we we see that such a big part of the population are actually interacting with our widget on, on a monthly basis. Uh, we don't have any intentions to market to that data uh, or, or anything of that sort. It's just there because we built our own application from scratch, so we have it there and available in our own metrics uh, to be able to analyze in it. It's, uh, it puts a smile on your face and it makes you feel very grateful for what you've been able to build when you know there's a tool out there that is helping so many businesses yeah. and also connecting so many users and customers and visitors all in the one place. So yeah, that, that's the organic nature of what, of what we're talking about here. Okay. Well, listen, it, you know, everything sounds really amazing. Great tech. Uh, you know, millions of customers, great success, organic growth, you know, kudos to the work that you guys done so far. Um, however, but the, or like, but right, there's but here. What are the challenges <laughs> that you guys have right now? I mean, obviously every business uh, on any stage has certain challenges, right? Can you uh, share any like top two uh, or tier one challenges that you guys have right now for your organization or for your role specifically? Maybe, uh, maybe you you know, you can share, I can listen to, I can kind of put some input from my end, sort of like running the business and, and running the team myself and having a tech as well. Absolutely. I mean, th there are a lot of challenges, no question, you know, as in any business, um, the one that I started back when I was 21, right the way to, through to something that I'm working with at the moment that is so much bigger than where I was. Uh, there were always challenges. And for us, it's... Um, I would say one of the major challenges is managing staff, you know, that the growth that we're at, we're, we're pushing uh, 200 plus, uh, 220 plus staff members uh, remotely, uh, wow. no offices, uh, Eastern Europe, the US, Australia, in the Philippines, uh, and then a couple here and there, um, yeah. you know, in the US and all. And, and you look at this and you go, managing staff is by far the the biggest challenge and something that we're going to work very, uh, very much on, very dedicated mm -hmm. on in 2021 to, to get better at. Um, so, you know, that's from the chat agents themselves right through to the model that we run with virtual assistants, which is the level two model to chat. So if you don't want chat, but you want a virtual assistant that can data enter beyond phone calls. We also provide that as that second level tier to the hired agent. I mean, we have a hundred virtual assistants now. Um, and you know, that, that in itself is a big team to be able to manage and to be able to balance meeting the requests of the client, but also making sure that uh, the, the team is happy and fulfilled yeah. and continuing to perform. Absolutely. 100 people, 100 virtual assistants. Most of them are based out of Philippines, right? 
Correct. Yeah. yeah. You have someone there on the ground uh, managing them or you kind of do that remotely as well? We do. We do it remotely. Uh, we've got some really great uh, senior people in, in the Philippines in major cities uh, hmm. that really take on the slack and are, right. are great people to lean on. But, um, you know, it's all remote. They all work from home. And, you know, we, we're, we're very thankful that they're able to do that given uh, that, you know, circumstances and traffic and all in the Philippines isn't yeah. great. So the, the opportunity to be able to stay at home and, and be more productive is always fantastic. Yeah. And uh, in Eastern Europe, you have uh, engineers probably or de devs, right? Developing the tech. Yeah. Is that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The case, uh, there yeah? is a big, big team there. We've also got our customer success team in the, in Latvia and Eastern Europe. Mm. So, nice. Yeah. So, I mean, Eastern Europe, uh, Philippines, United States, Australia, you know, huge time difference. So you probably, it's very difficult to catch any, any, anyone in this working the same work, uh, working hours of the day, right? Because I'm in Eastern Europe right now. I just fly from, from Chicago and for me, wow. it's, for me, it's like 10 a.m. For you, it's 7 p.m. In Latvia, it's probably around 9 a.m. or 10 a.m., but something like this. In the United yep. States right now, it's the middle of the night basically right so uh i don't know what time is it at philippines right now but the point is that you know it's huge and then everyone working remotely and then you guys are growing so what are the some of your tips that you can share with me managing the remote team as well as what uh, frameworks or what workflows did you guys implement internally to be able to effectively work on multiple time zones with people of different mentality around the world do you have any uh, kind of weekly company calls or monthly hands-on meetings or any reporting going on specific to the organization to make it as the whole and not, you know, so that people don't feel like, hey, I'm just one uh, one man show or just a, a solo uh, warrior in, in, the, in the battlefield, but I'm actually part of the squad. Can you it's talk to very that? easy to feel that way. Absolutely. Especially when you're working remote and there's nobody left and right of you. Uh, so, you know, Communication, Michael, and, and you said it already, is absolutely key here. And regular communication, touch points. I mean, we use a, a, a magical tool like Slack to be able to keep everyone connected and together, and that's been fantastic. But making the time is key uh, to jump onto video calls and see people and uh, be able to connect that way uh, for weekly weekly uh, catch-ups and weekly reporting um, is exactly what we do per department. Uh, I also think that it comes right back down to how you recruit at the beginning. You know, you're looking for people that really respect and understand what it means to be autonomous and understand what it means to be a great communicator so that they're not afraid to put their hand up if they need to say something or if they need to reach out and ask a question. You want those over communicators, those people that understand that in a remote environment, you need to speak more than just sit there and hope somebody reaches out to you. So I think it very much comes from the very beginning, finding the right people. And when you have found the right people, making sure that you're keeping close contact with them and mentoring them through that process uh, that at the very, very beginning can be a little bit overwhelming and alienating. Uh, and then as uh, time comes, you'll find that they'll step up and they'll step on their own two feet. And, and we hope that, you know, whoever starts with talk um, stays with us, as does every business, I'm sure. And a lot of your listeners would agree to that. You're looking for people that want longevity and people that can see well beyond that first year, two years with your business and want to stay with you for, for a long time to come.
that's what we're looking for. Can you tell me what does uh, Vice President of Strategic Partnerships do in the uh, in the talk to? Because it's sort of like, uh, and honestly, it, it, it's a very like, it's a very, uh, you know, whenever I'm thinking about sort of like, uh, you know, like a, a corporation where you have like hundreds of the people and a very like complicated product, and I understand that, that product should be marketed with a lot of partners and so on and so forth. And I understand, okay, so uh, strategic partnerships uh, or vice president of strategic partnership, the person responsible for making those connections with key partners that could market your platform and push you forward. Is that the same within your organizations or the role is a bit different in a way that you execute it? I think it's a it's a nice sounding title, isn't it, Michael? But uh, yeah, for me, it means a lot more than the way that you've defined it. Where I think that definition that you gave that title is very typical of what most people with this title would be doing. Uh, for us, we're still small when it comes to our management team, uh, and we'll, you know, we'll grow in the next few years and we'll take on some really big positions. But we're still small, so there's a small team that wear a lot of hats. And I'm sure you do the same as well in what you do. And so, you know, when I say strategic partnership, a strategic partner could be a partnership that we build with someone that has access to many users, or it could be uh, an opportunity to be able to build a strategic partnership with just one person that wants to take on a an important um, add-on like the hired agent service, or it could just be a user that needs me to get on a phone call and walk them through the dashboard so they're able to get the most out of the the platform right. and then be able to use it the best way that they can in their business. So, you know, I, I've been blessed to be able to work primarily when I started in sales and business development. Mm -hmm. And then the title sort of came along early 2020 because we launched a partner program. And so it made sense for me to lead that launch of the program, but also keep my hand where it needed to be in sales and biz dev. You know, and that's that's been the the absolute blessing of being able to do what I do because it allows you to really learn and understand your product and learn and understand your user and then understand what your user is going to need in the future. So together, and there's a, a couple of us in this role, uh, we've been able to really get the best understanding of product, user, and market fit, I think is the best way for me to describe that. So I don't know if that answers your question, in in the right way but it's a nice title but i do a, a whole bunch of other things yeah. that i link that title to right and it it makes fun right of working actually and, and executing on this title right because uh you know very often and this is one of the blessing of being in sales and business development is that you meet so many new people and you kind of charge from them and conversing with them and getting so much new every day that uh, you know you can execute on this role for months, right? Or so it's not like uh, that blended role where uh, or that blend role where you kind of sit every day and you kind of say, you know what, I want to move forward, right? In sales, you always move forward with every new customer, with every new uh, challenge that you face, right? Executing on the role, so um, exactly amazing. And you mentioned the a product and understanding the product. Uh, so uh, do you have any specific tools that you guys have in place for to analyzing your user behavior, uh, how to use the platform or tracking the way they engage with platform or sort of like just aggregating the data in general? Because I know that um, very often 
um, you, you do have a lot of like those extensions or add-ons that people use to understand how users work or not, but having like 4 million users, you know, like you obviously are not, um, you, you don't have like a basic tool probably that would give you the data because it's like, it's not going to be, you know, it's it's too much data there. So um, how does you work with, with regards to the product, like understanding what new product features to release, what is, uh, what customers need right now as well as just analyzing their behavior on the platform, what they use, what they don't use, what they need, what they don't need. Is it through just conversations or there is sort of more like data-driven approach with regards to tracking and doing like cohort analysis and some other stuff? Yeah, great question, Michael. We needed to dig in and, you know, we, we took some initiatives early 2020 uh, and said to ourselves, uh, we need to be different. We need to speak to our users more. It's not enough for them to reach out in chat if they don't really understand the product uh, or they want some assistance with a, setting up a particular tool in the dashboard. Why don't we give them an opportunity to reach out to us and set up a what we call a free business analysis call? Uh, and so in the dashboard, if you've become a user, you'll get my emoji face pop up saying, uh, Want to book a want to book a free analysis call? Uh, please, uh, here's my calendar link. Book a call with me now. And we've had hundreds upon hundreds of incredible conversations that has allowed us to really understand what areas users are really str uh, struggling with that should be a lot easier to use and slowly start to build out the intuitiveness and the functionality of the dashboard because of that. That's part A. Part B, when you're speaking to people, you start to understand exactly what they need. You know, and, and in there lies why we released one of our biggest products uh, this year for free, and that was a, a hosted knowledge base. To be able to create a knowledge base uh, frontline and be able to, uh, to have a help center there and available for you to be able to use as part of the tool was the reason why we released that. But Michael, we ask. We either ask on these free analysis calls or you know, it's not advertising, but we reach out to social media with the, the users we have and we say, hey, if we were going to release one of these next mm -hmm. five products, which one would you want? Yeah. Uh, and that was amazing because the learnings we got from that uh, this year was was incredible. I mean, the majority of people came back saying, we want a chatbot, we want automation. Mm -hmm. And we've steered away from that for a long time because we felt that the technology wasn't in the right place and that meant that the experience the user experience wasn't great and we know the statistics are pretty horrible you, you know you deal with a with automation with a chatbot and you have a bad experience and you might come back to that website but you're not touching that chat you know 68 percent of people won't dive back into chat anymore mm. so we sort of held back and we st we stayed back but you know the markers are spoken loud and clear so that's just one of the the features there is in build for next year for 2021 Got yeah, it. And we've just asked and people have told us and that's been amazing. I, I'm not sure people that listen to this realize how difficult it is to make the right decision in this in a space of developing your own tech because uh, you have resources and you can do a bunch of different stuff by prioritizing and choosing the right one and not choosing the other one is, is super <laughs> difficult right and yeah and sort of like i'm just understanding that okay this is the the right way of 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 spending our resources at this point and um and there are so much things that you can do that can be totally different so um what it 
one of the last things that I wanted to chat with you about today, John, is um, are there any like product decisions that you guys made uh, that are the right decision and you saw the spikes in performance for the platform? And let me give you an example just to put this more into context for you. Um, uh, so I have a, a, a team that develops tech as well. And we have the SaaS platform, it's called Falderly. It's a all-in-one email deliverability platform. So the, the tech works around making sure that emails are tested and uh, that whatever you guys do or any email marketing, that all the emails are delivered so they don't go to spam. So it fixes that spam and build up the, the email sending reputation and all of that. And we've been building the stack for the past few years only. And it's it's something new for us because we've always been running an agency business and, and working directly with customer and delivering great service. But building a tech, it's a totally different story, right? Working with developers, making sure that you can great, create great tech. And one of the things that we've uh, you know like faced uh, is um, when we worked on that sign-up page, when people can go on the website and sign up for a free trial, and even structuring that page, making sure that there's a nice flow from point A to point Z when they sign up, it is it, it is difficult because you can add so much stuff in there, but the right one. So the point here is that even the sign-up page is a pain in the ass because you, you kind yeah. of always sort of like thinking about how you can optimize that. And one of the things that we did wrong, and this is something that our customers help us to understand, was that when someone clicked on sign up for free, we we from from once we we put them on this page where you have different subscription plans, and then you can put the plan, and then you can put your contact information, and then you kind of can sign up for a free trial. And our customer told us saying that, hey, Michael and the Folderly team, um, it's weird because when I click on the sign up page. I'm expected to put my contact information in there and then maybe I can go to the plan and you wanted me to choose plan first, which I'm kind of, do I, am I, am I subscribing to something or so on? So far, so it was confusing. Yeah. And this Intel gave us an opportunity to change this uh, because we were losing a lot of leads because they didn't move to the second stage when they left their information because they were very concerned of that first stage of actually uh, choosing the right subscription. And that was huge for us. So once we change that, we increase our conversion, we get more leads and people actually are more eager to sign up because they understand that the next step is putting their information and then only the sign up page. So um, do you guys, do you have anything on top of your mind right now uh, in terms of the learnings that you guys had by creating an A-B testing of the product that you can share? You know, there always like an argument uh, the, the color for the bottom is it should be red or it should be green or whatever. So uh, can you share anything of, of the things that you guys done that work real well for you? Any, you know, any small tips, but that, that, that brought some good results would be, you know, really fantastic to, to learn from you guys and from your experience. It's been amazing to be able to see how simplicity on those landing pages is so absolutely key uh, to people being able to not only read but digest the information that they need to receive. Uh, so removing the fluff has been a really incredible learning uh, opportunity for me and understanding as we've rewritten this page over and over again that less is more. Uh, simple language is best, and then the easiest way with the least path of resistance when it comes to adding this widget for, from our perspective to the website uh, is, is abs again, absolutely key. So 
Robert's got a very, very keen eye. The CEO's got a very keen eye for this, and he's been you know, very hands-on and amazing at being able to rework this. We've uh, brought a content person on in the last few months that has revisited this all over again uh, and is continuing to do so because you need to continue to I've noticed rework and, and improve. Uh, and there's never, that never ends. Yeah. A lot of people, uh, um, you know, and it's only happened recently, but let's call it four months ago, a lot of people were getting on our landing page and we felt that we were losing traction because we weren't explaining why the product was free forever. And so we were creating perhaps some doubts and uncertainty in that process. So, on our page, on, on, on the main page, we now have a tab that gets the most amount of visits out of all of the tabs, and the tab is why is talk to free And it's Robert just letting people know exactly why talk to is free and the reason why we've created the product in the first place, and then explaining also why we, how we monetize and why we do that. And I think the more transparent you make things, Michael, uh, the more confidence you breed in people that are on your page, and the more confident they are in just clicking through and, and making that choice to move forward. So, you know, for me, it's simplicity, some simple language, and less is more. Uh, it's been an absolute incredible learning experience for me, having come from a very, very different industry where landing pages and websites mattered absolutely nothing yeah. to me, absolutely nothing. So. I've uh, we've done very similar um, thing about our pricing page. Uh, what my marketing uh, person asked me to do was, uh, you know, I've, I've I had like thousands of calls with new customers over the years for our agency business, and they always end up asking ten questions about what do you guarantee, right? What's the delivery time? Um, what is the contract commitment? Uh, how, uh, how do you guys qualify appointments or whatever, right? All of those questions. And uh, what we didn't see is that all of our competitors and us including, we didn't answer those questions directly on the website, you know, like under the pricing on the like frequently asked questions, like, because these are the questions that people ask, right? And the, right. The, 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 the thought was like, why we didn't ever ask, answer those questions before, but once we answer those questions in a very simple manner, just put straight away question, what do you guarantee? This is what we guarantee. How do you commit? This is what you do. What the next step? This is what the next steps are. It brought us like amazing results. So just putting that very simple language. The barrier. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, so I, I do agree with you that simplicity and putting and being honest and just transparent about what you do and what results you can yield, you know, can bring you a lot of results, especially, you know, again, uh, considering the new era of digital um, shopping behaviors and so on and so forth. Um, so this is really great. And I have to say, Michael, having live chat on your website for the times when people want to ask a question is always great too. I'm sorry for that plug. That's probably a bit cheeky, but. Uh, yeah, 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 no worries. <laughs> Listen, that's, uh, I mean, we've, uh, we are receiving a lot of leads from our chat as well. And we put, um, we put, um, um, we put an in a marketing specialist or like a sales specialist role on top of that chat so that we can get back to our customers, assist with them by nice. chat, email, call, so on. And really like people, whenever they have a question, they just go and chat, say, hello, can you do this? Right. And then you just can answer the question. So they're very to the point. So it's not just it's about, you know, like answering the exact question in that manner because person didn't find the information on the website. So it's sort of like can can, you know, 
can bring you to the idea that, okay, this is what I'm missing on my website, on my landing page that I can change Absolutely. so that my customer would get the information and convert and go further on the, in the discussion, right? John, listen, exactly. it's been it's been great having you on the show. I really appreciate you sharing um, this uh, amazing uh, insights and experience and, and talking about uh, uh, Talk.to. It's been a pleasure, Michael, and uh, hello to all your user and happy holidays. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Velkin's Growth Podcast and found it useful. Be sure to subscribe and catch upcoming episodes on iTunes and Stitcher.